You're now listening to the Chad Shatterings Podcast. I am your host, Chad Maples, and in today's podcast, I'll pick up where I left off last week with our podcast entitled Getting Unstuck in Our Marriages and Our Marriage Relationships. So sit tight and stay tuned. I'll be right back. This is the Chad Shatterings Podcast. Chad's Chatterings Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chad Maples, and if you haven't done so already, make sure you like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast so that you can know when new episodes become available. Last week, I started a series of podcasts called Unstuck, getting unstuck in our relationships or different situations or different things that come up in life and Sometimes in life, we just feel like we get stuck and we don't know where to go or what to do. And hopefully this series of podcasts can help all of us figure out what to do in those situations. And not only just to do something, but to hopefully do the right thing for the sake of ourselves and others as well. And this series is entitled Unstuck Fresh Traction for Common Struggles. And last week, we started part one of a part two series entitled Getting Unstuck in Our Marriages. And we made two points last week. And those two points were, first of all, to get unstuck in our marriages, we have to prioritize our marriages. And we have to make our marriage a priority. And number the number one priority in our life, as far as relationships go, And the second thing that we talked about was realizing that we were sinfully influenced. And that is to realize that we all make mistakes, but we have to make sure that we contribute positively towards the relationship. We talked about the wife's role as well as the husband's role. And some of those roles and some of those responsibilities can be interchangeable. Some of the advice that was given for the wife as well as the husband, it can be used either way. And so we'll pick up today with the continuation of this thought of getting unstuck in our marriages, in our marriage relationships. And once again, like I said last week, all of our main points are taken from the book of Proverbs. So one thing that we want to do in getting unstuck in our marriage relationships is getting unstuck by rallying together when the times are tough. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. When the hard times come, and they will, we do not need to let a crisis come between ourselves and our spouse. You need to talk about it. You need to let the other person know how you feel. You need to say things like, we need to pull together on this. Or I feel like the enemy or Satan, because Satan is the enemy, of course. You can say things like, I feel that the enemy is pulling us apart. Or I feel like we are being brought under attack. And you rally together when the times are tough. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. 
the right word at just the right time can be a very beautiful thing. And there's words that can heal as well. There's five different descriptions here that I would like to give of words that can heal. Number one is a word of regret. Uh, for example, you can say, I am sorry. And a lot of times it's very difficult to admit that you are wrong or to apologize for something. But a second word that can heal could say, I was wrong. And that would be a word of confession. A third word that can heal it would be a word of affection. Uh, simply by saying, I love you, or I'm thankful for you, or you're a blessing in my life. I don't know where I'll be without you. Or it could be something as simple as complimenting your spouse on a really good meal uh, that they prepared. A fourth word that can heal would be a word of hope, uh, such as I, I'm going to do better at making up for my careless mistakes, or I know I have some shortcomings and I don't want to always bear the weight of my shortcomings, so I'm going to do a better job at paying attention to what I'm doing in regards to your feelings and how that makes you feel. And then a fifth word that can heal would be a word of commitment, saying things like, I am going to be here for the long run, and I don't know where life is going to go or where life is going to take us. I don't know how we're going to make a living, where we're going to live, but whatever happens, we are going to be together no matter what. And we all made a marriage vow that says for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others as long as we both shall live. Now, it's very easy to stay committed together when things are better and things are richer and we're both in good health, but... When things are worse and there's not as much money and our health starts fading out, is those when that's when the difficult times kind of sink in. But that's no reason at all to let go of our commitment that we made to our spouse. The second thing that we can do to get unstuck in our marriages is to let go of offense. Proverbs 19 verse 11 says the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. It is the glory of man to overlook an offense. James put it this way in James 1 verses 19 and 20. He says, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Ephesians 4, verses 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And if we can apply these concepts and these scriptures to our brothers and our sisters in Christ, then how much more important is it to apply it to our marriages, even more so? Proverbs 10, verse 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. And in regards to our marriage relationships, as well as all relationships, it is always a bad idea to hold grudges or to 
bury the hatchet and let the handle stick, you know, stick out so you can go dig it up later if you need to. So let go of all your grudges and make forgiveness a part of your enduring relationship with your spouse. And when we talk about letting go of offenses in our marriage relationships, we don't have words that heal necessarily. We have four bad alternatives to conflict resolution. The first one would be that we go on the attack. Somebody says, well, just let it go. Or your spouse says, just can you, can you just let this go? And then you have this mentality of, well, I'm going to let go of it. And when I let go of it, I'm going to drop it on your head. And we, we go on the attack, and we attack our spouse when we get into conflict resolution. Another thing that we do in regards to conflict resolution and a bad alternative is that we retreat. Uh, we run away, and we hide, we don't, we don't want to talk about it. We separate our interests, and we, we try to live our, a separate life from our spouse. But marriage is about oneness, and, and you're not supposed to have separate anything in your marriages. You, you're supposed to have the same life purpose, the same goals, the same bank account, same vacations. So you need to, instead of retreat uh, separately, you need to come together and work out uh, your conflicts. The third thing that we do as, as a bad alternative to conflict resolution is that we hide. Not only do we retreat, but we hide and we say that we're too busy and our spouse doesn't know the kind of pressure that I'm under in, in my work or at my job or, or anything else. And they don't understand me. And so we hide and we don't realize how much pain we are headed for in the long run. And then finally, unfortunately, some people just surrender and give up, and they just say, I'm not going to try anymore. But a third and final way that we can get unstuck in our marriage relationships is to get unstuck by focused delight. Now, the Proverbs that I'm going to read under this category relate to the sexual relationship in the marriage, and without me saying much about the verse itself, I'm saying a lot just by reading them. They're pretty much self-explanatory. For example, Proverbs 6, verses 27 and 20 through 29 says, Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife, whoever touches her, shall not be innocent. And to the men... In the marriage relationships, the men are supposed to be the leaders in the house. The key to a lasting and loving marriage is a focused delight in a single person. That's pretty much how you got together in the first place. You had the whole world to choose from and you chose her. There's something about her that attracted you to her, how she acted, the way she looked how she interacted with you, and it's probably still there if you have a focused delight of making that one person the most important person in your life in regards to any other relationship. Marriages 
are about maintaining a focused delight in a single person and making that other person the most important person in your life. There are four words to remember when we talk about focused delight. And again, some of these proverbs will say a lot by me not giving any kind of description or adding to them as well. The first word to remember is singularity. Proverbs 5, verse 15, drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Every farmer knows that he does not go to his neighbor's house to get a bucket of water. This verse is both about water and not about water in any shape, form, or fashion. Proverbs 5, verse 16, should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets. You don't want other people drinking from your well, so why would you drink from somebody else's well? If you want to get unstuck in your marriage, you need to meet the other person's needs. You need to focus on the other person. A second word to remember here would be exclusivity. Now, we just read Proverbs 15, verse 16. It says, should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets. And then continuing on in that passage in verse 17, it says, let them be only your own and not strangers with you. Exclusivity means that you share things that are just between you and your spouse. Again, this can be just private things that you have with your spouse. It could be sexual memories that you have with your spouse. It could be a number of other things. But no one else knows about these little things that are between you and your spouse. It's those treasured privacies that you have in your marriage that you keep top secret to yourself. And it's something for you and your spouse to go back and have a treasured memory about. The third word to remember would be fervency. This comes from Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. It doesn't mean that she is still young. It means that she is still with you after all of these years. And that's a pretty awesome thing to think about. A fourth and final word to think about in regards to getting unstuck in our marriages would be the word frequency. Now, I just quoted Proverbs 5 verse 19, but I quoted the first part of that verse. And the last part of Proverbs 5 19 says, and always be enraptured with her love. And then verse 20 goes on to say, for why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman and be embraced in the arms of a seductress. Notice what verse 19 says, always, always be enraptured with her love at all times. Always covers the entire time that you are together. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 3 says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. And then verse 5 goes on to say, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a certain time or for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again 
so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So the four words to remember in regards to our focused delight in relationship would be singularity, exclusivity, fervency, and frequency. And the final point in our podcast today in getting unstuck in our marriage relationships would be to practice the five love languages. There is a book written in, back in 1992 by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages, and it outlines the five ways that romantic partners express and experience love. These are through five different lo- what he calls love languages. They are words of affection, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Chapman in his book suggests that in order to discover another person's love language, you must observe the way they express love to others and analyze what they complain about the most and what they request from their significant other most often. So it could be that a spouse has their number one love language would be words of affection and then physical touch, or it could be acts of service. Sometimes physical touch is on the top of the list, but it depends on the person and their personality. So once again, that book is entitled The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It's been around for a while, and it's very helpful in working through your marriage relationships and understanding the different love languages and how to love each other a little bit better. This concludes this particular episode of the Chaz Shutterings Podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in and make sure you like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast so that you can know when new episodes become available. Thanks once again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.